You're listening to Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi. Don't you ever April 24th? I think so. 2015. <laughs> Happy. Do we even say that? Happy Armenian Genocide Anniversary. Oh, you read my mind. Yes. <laughs> we're not that far from Glendale. Hey everyone, we're driving to Ice House doing a Death Squad show for Red Band. And I'm really, really super late releasing an episode. And Rosie was nice enough to drive me to Ice House from her place someplace in Southern California to Ice House in Pasadena. So um, if that audio sounds weird, it's because we're driving. So anyway, so you were, you were telling me, everyone, if you listen to this first time, Rosie is obviously a friend of mine, Rosie Tran, very funny comedian and also a uh, very true businesswoman. <laughs> Do you care if people know where you work? Or uh, you, you want to just say financial service, right? Uh, I'm not allowed to say. They're, okay. They're pretty strict, yeah. Okay, so you can you t- tell everyone what you were studying for? Or is that illegal too? No, I can say I was studying for a stockbroker, um, continuing education. Oh my god, it's so Jewish. <laughs> Here's the thing: if I give any type of financial advice, yeah, I'm supposed to say I'm not giving financial advice. It's for entertainment purposes only. Right. Because you can get fined by um, the SEC, SCE, and also the Securities and Exchange Commission and FINRA. Right. Unless you're um, a client. So I'm not allowed to give any advice unless I say it's for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> what was the name of the test again? MC? Did you say something about M what? Uh, CE, Continuing Education. C- okay. Yeah. And, and it's a you're studying for getting a license as a broker? No, I'm already licensed. Okay. Um, licensed stockbroker, but um, uh, yeah, this, you have this, to you have this, to take a test every every two years called continuing education to make sure you're not breaking any laws. But it does it's it's BS because people take those stupid tests and break laws all the time. <laughs> and uh, you took it already. Yeah. How did, how did it go? Did it tell you you passed or? Yeah, I passed. Okay. Come on, Yoshi. <laughs> but I mean, what kind of questions? Give me an example. Like... They're really stupid. They're questions like, um, you know, if you, you know, which one of these is inappropriate? And they have like, um, uh, you know, you have to invest with the client's investment objectives, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And then one of them is like, only thinking about your commissions. <laughs> and obviously that one's the answer that's like illegal. <laughs> that's illegal to say that? It's not illegal, but it's unethical. You're not supposed to only be focused on your commission when you're focused on... But how stupid is that? I mean, have they followed what they've been doing since 2008? No. That's what I'm saying. It's all BS. <laughs> it's like, it's a lot of it like pretending. It's right? a lot of pretending. And that's why when I said I can't disclose where I work because I, I'm going to tell you some stories which I would get in trouble but mm-hmm. you know so obviously you're not supposed to be focused on your commission can I tell you something yes. this is one way to protect yourself in anything in America always they use the word allegedly <laughs> he allegedly raped her he allegedly embezzled money you know what I mean well, he allegedly beat his wife <laughs> so you're supposed to not be fo- it's unethical to be focused on your commissions you're supposed to focus on what's best for the client at all times right that yeah. is what you're supposed to do yeah supposed to yeah well regularly in the financial services industry just like just like in medicine yeah. right a doctor they're supposed to do what's best for the client but regularly pharmaceutical com- companies come in and they offer incentives for them to use their products right yeah things like hey we want to uh, you to sell these drug X Y and Z but we also want you to fly into Hawaii <laughs> paid expense and uh, we want to give you a lecture on this uh, medication right exactly yeah. so the same thing happens in the financial services industry right we get these catered lunches and all these other things and do you even get that too yes I do yeah and and they they give them incentives to use certain products 
And, you know, nine times out of ten, I hear financial advisors asking, you know, what does the commission pay on this product? And that's their main concern. So even though unethically they're not supposed to be doing that, that's very, very common. Just like doctors who use pharmaceuticals that are bad for your health and mine, and they say, oh, this is the best thing for you. (laughs) It's the best thing for my pocket as a doctor getting paid by big pharma. (laughs) But isn't it true, like, let me give you this analogy. We, for those of anyone who drives, been to, you know, classes on driving, and then you, of course, you you study the law and rules, and you you take written tests, and you you drive, and you pass the whole examination, right? But for most people, once they get the license, all bets off. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it's been so long. There's certain traffic rules I, I forgot. There's I, certain traffic rules I know that most people don't know. For example, four-way stop I mean, I knew it when I took a test. Four-way stop sign? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody in LA knows how, what, what to do at a four-way stop sign. You're supposed to let the person on the right have right-of-way, but nobody does that. <laughs> yeah, and I forgot, like, when you stop at the uh, red line as we are stopping right now, and if you want to turn right right here, turn right over here, and if you see another side, people walking to your direction... You're supposed to wait. You're supposed to wait. Yeah. I fuck. I always ignore it. And somebody told me that, like, oh, you can't do that because one of my friends does Uber driving, and um, he told me like, yeah, you're not supposed to do that. Like, I, I completely forgot. I forgot. I probably knew that like 27 years ago. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not bad mouthing the firm that I work at. It's, this is rampant in every single financial services firm. Yeah. Which is why I will never, ever, ever let anyone manage my money but myself. Right. Ever. And I would strongly discourage people. The sad thing is that there's so many people out there who who trust financial advisors with their money. Very, very intelligent people. Doctors, lawyers, other yeah. things. And the sad part is the, the complete lack of basic knowledge about finance that the majority of people have. Even people who are extremely intelligent. Well, once again, pet peeve of mine. They never teach you things that you should people, young, young people should know from high school, like money management, right? And they should be telling like honest, frank conversation sex. Um, they should do that. They need to teach about different belief systems and why they're bullshit and that they're just cultural conditioning yeah. and not facts. Yeah. They need to teach about emotional intelligence, how to deal with problem, problems, conflict resolution. There's maybe, so many things they need to teach. And like, maybe even basic stuff like nutrition and, you know, I mean, honestly, quadratic formula, I have never used it. <laughs> I have not used it since when I graduated from college. I mean, high school, really. Here's the sad thing is that they always push the math and science. The math and science is so important. Math and science, math and science, math and science. The majority of people don't use anything over sixth grade math or science in their everyday life, right. unless you're an engineer or etc. I mean, I, I do have to say, I do believe in the idea that you want to expose kids to many different subject matters. Because how would you know if you're good at something? Unless you've been exposed, right? But yeah, but me, if you're bad at it, you shouldn't be forced right, to right. study it for another 12 years. <laughs> I, I, I think if it's so obvious that you're really bad about it, and if the school is trying to make you from being bad at it to mediocre at it, I think that seems like a waste of time and resource. But I think before you make that decision, you have to know if you're bad at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you need to be exposed enough. Like Julius Caesar didn't know he was good at killing people. He became general really late, late age, like in the early 40s or something. He didn't know he was good at it. He was, <laughs> he was really, really good. He killed like a million Germanic tribes in you know Central Europe. Thank God he knew how to kill people. He even book, wrote a book about on war in Latin, which is like one of those mandatory books you read in you know, Latin 101 or whatnot. So, you know, just expose what they're good at it. And if they're good at it, help them become great at it. But yeah, there's, it's really puzzling. Like all the interesting, important things I should have known. I didn't know that. Well, the majority of people don't. And I think that's why the school system is completely failing kids and failing adults you know yeah. most people are freaking idiots and it's not their own fault you know it's it's because of the system i mean so many people that can't use logic or common sense they're so trapped by their small-minded thinking and their their conditioning it's really sad yeah and you know free zakaria you know who that is i don't he has a show called gps okay on cnn he talks about we're all 
politics, international relations. Very, very smart guy. Uh, advisor on Vice on HBO. A uh, friend of my good friend, Sam Husseini from Afghanistan. And just like really shrewd, uh, former professor, writes about, you know, he's one of those like an elder statesman. He's East Indian, grew up in India, now lives in the United States. Very smart guy. He just wrote a book called In Defense of Liberal Art Education. And he made a lot of interesting stuff. I don't, I don't know how practical that advice for someone like me, but he made a really good argument. Like, he was saying, like, you know, you know that annual stats every year? Finland, Japan, China, South Korea, Hong Kong, China, always top five. In math, education, right? Yeah, math and, and science. Interesting, because America was like 14 or 15 around that number. Yet, America is like always, always number one in innovation in the whole world. And why is that? Why is it that all those countries that we just mentioned, top five, math and science, physics, you know. And, and it's interesting because many of those countries, as you know, with Asian ones, it's a very, what is that word? Hierarchical? Hierarchical. Yeah. That you don't really question people in, who are in position of power and elders, right? Um, that's why I remember in 1988 when I was watching Bill Moyer's series on PBS, he was interviewing this Chinese-American scientist. He was saying Chinese-American and many of the other Asian science and mathematician students are really good at what they do, but they can't, because they don't question authority, they don't have, they don't, they're not really good at discoveries or new theorem. Because for you to make new discovery, you have to really question that status quo, and that's not really a they're, ba they're basically trained to be good workers, good employees, but not good bosses, not good innovators, not good startup right? company. But that's what it takes to become an entrepreneur. That's what it takes to become a you know to create a startup company, to create a new innovation. Yeah. And in and, and most of those Asian countries, they don't really uh, encourage that kind of behavior. Yes, but and that infuriates me about Asian culture, and it infuriates me about. It's, you're basically being in the box. You're basically yeah. a box thinker, which which I hate. I absolutely loathe it. So even though we're 15th in the country, average with high school students and things like that, we have enough people questioning and innovating. That's why we have companies like you know Google, Facebook, Twitter, Uber, you know all this company that like Mavericks, really these thinkers, right? Um, and it's interesting because Fadri Zakaria was basically saying. Mark Zuckerberg, you know what he was studying at Harvard before he dropped out? I don't. <laughs> People think it's computer science. He was studying psychology. It's not just about coding, but he was able to use his psychology background to figure out what people really want to do, social network and things like that, you know? So, um, allowing people to think differently, I think is a really good thing. And that's why I think America's continue to be a competitive country in the world. Like, Israel is another really good um, startup company. And they're like math average. It's not like top five. Like I, I don't think math and science are that important. And, you know, mm -hmm. education advocates, shoot me in the head if you want. The majority of people do not use math and science above a sixth grade level in their everyday life. It unless just, they're engineers. Unless yeah. they're engineers or doctors. Or mathematicians. It, it just doesn't happen. It's a complete waste of time. It's a complete waste of money. People need to be learning social skills. They need to be learning communication. They need to be learning psychology. I'm very glad that you mentioned that. Psychology is huge. People, even in finance, if you know about human psychology, you can become very, very wealthy in investing because most investing is like human psychology. People, there's a lot of dumb emotional thinking, right? There is. A lot of people sell because they're afraid and the, when the market's down. A lot of people buy when the market's up because they want to do what other people are doing. It's all psychology. So math and science, you know, F you. I don't care about you and I don't think you're important. Because, <laughs> um, you know, I, I remember like one time this doctor was saying like, if the doctor tell you, um, you have a one out of ten chance of getting killed by this cancer that you have, right? Or if the doctor tell you you have nine out of ten times surviving this cancer, you're basically saying the same thing, but, you, <laughs> but you're saying it differently, right? Like, it is. And, and something about saying nine out of ten chance you're surviving versus you got a one out of ten dying. You're, I mean, if you do the, 
it's the same thing but the way you say it people i mean we're 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 obviously emotional we're not all about math you know so and not just that but it's proven that people that are more charismatic people yeah. just you know out of the the three people that i work with in finance the one that is the most successful out of the three is the one that is a college dropout. He's actually a college dropout, but he's very charismatic and very um, easy to talk to people. Whereas the, uh, the one that is least successful is the most intelligent, Yoshi. Yeah. He's, you know, he has the most certifications. He has the most schooling. He's the most quote unquote educated, but he's the least successful. And why is that? Because it's about communication. People want to do business with people they feel comfortable with, sure. with people who communicate clearly. The same thing with doctors. Some of the most brilliant doctors in the world are the most awkward and weird, and they need to go and and talk and have you know someone that's maybe a nurse or a receptionist who's very friendly and, and smiley and has that personality that's gonna not scare patients away. Yeah. But you know, on, uh, on the other hand, you know that show House. Um, this is like a ridiculous example, but sometimes we have. When you have a problem and there's no no one can come up with the solutions sometimes it is good thinking out of the box welcome to rosie trans podcast <laughs> it's called out of the box podcast. out of the box you know <laughs> because sometimes like you know the definition sanity is like keep doing the same shit over and over expecting different results so i mean there's times it's, it's okay to like be a little wacky and like who knows like come up with like some crazy solutions you know like um, that is a good thing, but I, I, do, I do not think people that are very intelligent in the traditional sense, doing well in school, yeah. making those high grades, are those types of people that are out-of-the-box thinkers. Sure. I think it's actually, and the majority of people who are extremely successful, what do they have in common, Yoshi? A lot of them are high school and college dropouts. Yeah, because they, because they couldn't Hard stand gone. being in the box, because they couldn't stand, they were too smart, they were too intelligent, they questioned too much, sure. you know what I mean? So true innovators usually don't do well in school. They don't fit in at all. Yeah, they probably can concentrate in school. They couldn't concentrate. A lot of them thought they were stupid, actually. A lot of them thought they were stupid because they didn't do well. I mean, like, I remember, you know, our good friend Russell Peters. He told me, like, he was so awkward and, um, I guess, didn't know how to, like, examine him. They ended up sending him to this, like, a dumb school where, like, most of the kids were, like, pro emotionally problems or... You know, um, troublemakers or can't pay attention. Russell is one of the smartest guys I've met. You tell him something once, he remembered everything. It just, he was so different that they didn't know how to box him in in the place, you know. And they didn't know how to control him. Yeah. So, anyway, I understand you have to take those licenses as part of your job, but it just seems so absurd. You know, like these are like examples like, we have so many immigrants from another country with highly educated people. They have like law degree. Um, they're like doctors, but they can't practice over here because they didn't go to school here. You know what I mean? Like a doctor or a doctor. I don't think there's a whole lot of difference if you're a doctor in Belgium, they immigrate over here. You, the only thing that prevents you from practicing medicine is you didn't have a license. Yeah. Why don't, why don't the government give me an option? Like, I don't mind going to that doctor. I'm willing to take all the risk and chance. If he's charging me cheap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know. I, I just like giving people freedom to make decisions what they want to do with their life. And I don't care if they have license if I feel comfortable enough. I'm just strongly against the traditional education system. I think it's, you know, completely outdated and it's very dr yeah. draconian and just old. It's It sh doesn't serve what's going on anymore. And in fact, there's a huge movement right now of people... Uh, being called what's unschooled yeah. and they're doing either homeschool or independent school or doing online school That's what my husband's doing. You know, his degree is actually in engineering and um, He's switching to computer science because he works in the IT field and he wants to you know Get a raise and get other things sure and so I told him I said do you want to go back to school for computers? And he's like no, I'm just gonna take an online class so he's taking online class, saving us, you know, $50,000 in tuition and getting the exact same education. So it's ridiculous yeah. that you would have to pay that much to get an education and you don't anymore. You can just take online classes. And that's, that's something that, at, um, um, you know, these tea party groups, they're not bad people at all. I mean, they're, they're frustrated and uh, very fearful of the changes and I'm sure they're good people, but the reality is internet has changed so much. The kid, some kid in Africa with access to, you know, 
cheapo computer or cell phone have access to these YouTube channels where education at Harvard and Yale is they're free. I mean, they, I mean, like Khan Academy. You want to learn about physics or financial uh, reforms? Every possible subjects are available right there. There's no financial barrier anymore. You know, let's say I wanted to learn how to cook certain recipes. Yeah. Back in the day, I had to go to a bookstore and buy a cookbook. Now I go on YouTube and Google, and I and not only do I can I get the recipe, yeah. I can get 20,000 pages and versions of the recipe. I did that tonight. I made a new recipe. And before, I had to spend $10, $20 on that actual recipe book. So it's leveling the playing field on so many different ways. We're always flat like we're always flat like my face. <laughs> it's so flat. Yoshi's face is very flat. And so no matter how people are like, you know, fighting immigration, this and that, you know, it's just a matter of time. You know, as as that our our favorite shows uh, always say, winter is coming. <laughs> Change is coming. Like these kids Change has come and I'm I'm scared. I mean, a lot of these kids have YouTube channels with editing and visual effects and things that I don't know how to do and I could never possibly do, you know, and they just know how to do it. it, 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 it being stuck in land, it's not going to prevent these people from competing against you online, you know. That, that's just the reality. And um, I, I, I don't know why. I'm just not overly concerned about anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the F.R.E. Newman Matt Magazine School of uh, Worries, and I'm not really worried about it, but um, I guess if I had a kid, I would be concerned, because not only if you have a kid in Southern California, you'll be competing the kid in the rest of the country, but also kid in Africa, Middle East, Asia. They have it, you know. Anyway, we're going to stop. Uh, we'll record again after the show. We're doing podcasts slash shows. And uh, we're here in Ice House, a great club in Pasadena, California. And uh, uh, we will f finish this conversation when we get back. I'm sure we'll forget what we were talking about. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We'll start something new. Yeah, we'll just like <laughs> complain about something that has nothing to do with what we were talking about. But anyway, talk to you guys soon. Bye. All right, record. we are recording. This is part two. And we finished the show. Rosie, it's uh, one o'clock in the morning. How did you like your show? It was okay. There was like only 10 people in the audience, so I couldn't tell. <laughs> you said you didn't like your set, right? Um, they like uh, the, the beginning of the show, but I just figured there's only a few people. So I, I figured trying to do something new. But I think they were more than anything, they were kind of tired, you know. Um, yeah, Friday that, late show's hard. But that is the least amount of people I've seen in Brian's. And somebody was telling me Bruce Jenner had a big show on ABC. Diane Sawyer was interviewing him or something like that. Yeah, so. Diane Sawyer for his trans transgender change. Yeah. So people were staying home to watch that. And I don't remember what we were talking about because um, we were talking like two and a half hours ago. Yeah, we were talking a while and then we went to Del Taco and picked out. <laughs> I'm so hungry. <laughs> so Rosie, would you mind talking about what we were talking before we start recording? I absolutely have no issue with it, but I might get some hater tweets. Because <laughs> it's interesting because I had, you know, we were talking about kids and I, I, I did a vasectomy operation, I don't know, 18, 19 years ago. So obviously I can't have kids. And I think it's really weird. You and I have a similar attitude, but it's worse for you because women are supposed to bring another life to this world, you know. Like, if I if I tell people, like, it's, there's no reaction, really. When you say you got a vasectomy? Yeah. Or that you don't want kids? Yeah, yeah. so I get a lot of pressure because from Because you have people. an egg. You have an <laughs> egg a month, so people get upset at that. I have a lot of pressure. You know, people put pressure on me. Um, when I tell people I don't want kids or I'm not sure if I want kids, they immediately, the majority of people start verbally attacking me, actually. You know, they'll say, oh, what's wrong with you? Um, and also, it's there's a lot of women that don't have kids have talked about it, that it's actually very sexist because they're tying the woman's self-worth to her childbearing nature yeah. and not to her as a person. Whereas a guy, as you said, when you say, hey, I don't want kids or I, whatever, people don't care, right? No. Also, um, there's inherent advantage for men because, you know, Charlie Chaplin had a, like his last kid at late 80s or something. 
so there's, I guess, in theory, there's plenty of a time, but, you know, for women, once you hit early 40s, it gets very, very difficult, so, they feel like, I think some people, if they get mad at you, it's probably because they think you're, waste, you're wasting something valuable. Yeah, and a lot of people also think that, um, I'm gonna change my mind, which I might, but in that case, I can always adopt, and a lot of people are just, they just get infuriated, and I think they take it as a personal attack on their lifestyle if they have kids, which is silly because I'm, you know, not attacking them any more than if right. I said, hey, I'm gay, you know? It's just a different choice, a different lifestyle. But my main pet peeve with it is that my decision, um, I've been thinking about it for a very long time and taken a lot of careful thought and planning, whereas a lot of people who have kids, they don't even think about it. And some women, I, I am very motherly and nurturing, but some women are not, you know? I don't know about if you wanna discuss your relationship with your mom, but a lot of women are not good mothers and they shouldn't have kids. And, you know, to assume that every woman should have kids is just ridiculous. There's so many abusive women out there who are just nuts and should not have children. I think for my mom, you know, she got married too young and that's that's uh, that's not a good idea. You should, I, I think optimal age is like a late 20s or early 30. Like you have, you live the life, you have perspective. But when you do it, like when you're 20 or 21, you didn't really live, you know what I mean? Like, it, it just seemed like it's too young. And that's also why the divorce rate is really, really yeah. high for people who get married before 25, because you haven't really lived your life, you know what I mean? Maybe. And let's be honest, you, you changed a lot. Oh, yeah. If I was married with kids, the guy I was dating when I was 19 or 20, that would be a big mistake. <laughs> I mean, you know, from 40 to 45, yeah, you change, but not much, but... 20s is like a big change, right? 20 to 30, God, you know, you're you're a different person, I think, you know. So, that's a lot of responsibility. I think I didn't think it was a good thing for my mom. Who knows, if she would have gotten married when she was a lot older and had lived a life, maybe, maybe, maybe she would have been a better, better mom, yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's my point, is that a lot of people don't think about it, right? So your mom, she's maybe she's not a bad person, I don't know her, but she wasn't thinking. She was thinking, hey, I get married, have kids, that's what you do. Well, a lot I of people... I don't even think my mom wanted to get married because it was like, it was a financial pressure on my mother's side and, you know, it's not like there was a lot of opportunity for my mom. So she, it wasn't a healthy reason. No, it but was not I, at all. That happens But that, that's true for most Asian women, right, in, in the world. It's true and that's true for most people in general. And so when people say, Rosie, you know, you're selfish, how can you not want kids, how could you do this, how could you do that? Really, you know, they're just getting defensive about their own choices. It's a psychological projection because they didn't take time to think about it. And a lot of people, you know, there's no, defensiveness comes from insecurity. That's, you know, otherwise you wouldn't care, you know? If you were secure about your choice and I said, hey, I don't wanna have kids, then you would just say, oh, that's cool, that's your choice. You know, but when people get defensive, the psychological root of defensiveness is insecurity. So people that say, well, how could you? What, you know, what are you doing? You know, may, are you not motherly? And also there's a lot of misconceptions. A lot of people think if you don't want kids, you hate kids. That's absolutely not true. I've seen you with kids, Yoshi, you're pretty good. And I love kids. I'm a very great aunt, very loving. And well, I, I'm good with kids, dogs, and cats, if it's temporary. Yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I have a, when I interact with them, it's always like a fun time, like, hey, whatever, goofy, make the kid laugh, but I leave, you know? You're not there for the crying and the diapers and the yeah. temper tantrums? I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I mean, I, I have seen when my few of my friends who are very good parents, and with all the hardship, you know, I'm sure you, I don't like when these kids get mad at their parents because if the good parents especially, they made a lot of sacrifice those kids. They, they literally put their dream and aspiration aside a lot of time so the kids have a good life. I couldn't do that, you know? And if you have a kid, you need to do that. But when I when I saw a couple of my friends who did that, their kids are amazing, they're happy. And I, there's times like I look like, wow, you know, that's amazing. But see, the misconception that you're selfish because you did that because you wanted to focus on your own dreams and aspirations, that's not true because actually you're being selfless by thinking about that future kid. You're thinking about a kid that wasn't even born yet and saying, hey, I can't live the life I want and give you the life that you want. So I decided to get a vasectomy, right? I knew I, I, I would have been bad but it is fun to see my friend's kid when you interact with them and I'm, I know some of them for a long time it's interesting when you see them like how much they change you know like it's fun oh you know this, this they start having their own personality and like you know have opinion that's really fun to see 
you know, one of my friends, I'm not going to name his name, but he was a friend I knew from uh, 7th grade. And his son, older son, is this really pressy, in-your-face, aggressive homosexual. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, he, gets, he gets it in your face, you know, like, it's kind of funny, but <clears throat> I don't care you're gay, but he needs to understand not everyone's going to feel that way, and you can't get get into people's face being sassy when you're a gay young guy because god forbid if you're in Texas or something some of those people are not going to tolerate that like people could still respect you as a gay person and not agree with your lifestyle but don't get into people in face if they don't like gay people <laughs> and this kid I told my friend like I don't mean I don't mean I don't mean me by this but your son need to get beat up kind of once to know like <laughs> so he, he'll watch what he say you know what I mean like you don't want him to learn like God forbid, someplace in Midwest or South where they beat him to death, you know what I mean? You're so funny because we talked about this last podcast about people that need to get beat. <laughs> Not. Not badly. You're saying he just, he doesn't, he hasn't been checked yet. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, Papua New Guinea, I really, really always like those jungles are rich with nutrient and possible new medication for disease and things like that. Jungles are very important. They also have new species of animals. Sometimes those animals have never seen man before. So they don't even panic. So like man will catch and kill him or something. We don't, we want to, we want to prepare people to like be a little cautious, right? You don't want a completely dumb, naive person not knowing. I mean, I, I don't care if people don't like me or Asian people, but it's irresponsible for me to think everyone likes Asian. I cannot, I can't afford to think like that. Like, I gotta watch where I go, what I say. Not being paranoid, but you, you have to be... You have to be self-aware. Self-aware. Yeah. So, that's the only time, like, when my friend's kid, when I interact with him, he, he's nice to me, but, like, I always think, like, God, you gotta be kidding, man. <laughs> I got beat up, and I was just not even bothering people, so... Jeez. Yeah. He had a black nail, nail finger with his hair, fat, <laughs> chunky kid with sassiness, like, alright, in your liberal town, they like you, but don't assume everywhere, for yeah. God's sake. Be careful. So, you know that movie that Steve Martin did years ago, I think it's called Parenthood, there was a, like, funny montage where two possible scenario, he, he dreamed, like, when his kid get really big, and he's really old, years later, he's standing there, his son is like a valedictorian, and Steve Martin's got white hair, and the son's on stage, giving back to valedictorian. I just want to thank everyone that, without my dad, would have never made it, and all my success, like, you know, Steve Martin's crying. <laughs> like, that's the best scenario for any parents, right? Yeah. Okay, right after that montage, another montage. Dad, you didn't hug me enough. He's on top of the tower at college, starts shooting everyone. <laughs> I mean, that's the nightmare. Like, it's a crapshoot. Like, you just never know what kind of kid you're going to have. And you were talking about that, about parents getting upset, thinking that if they're a good parent, of course their kid is going to be good. But you're saying that's not always the case. They could follow with the wrong crowd. Because it's a person. It's a human being. They're going to make their own decision. And that decision may not be the way you raise your kid. Yeah. And, and sometimes kids are born with a shitty parent or terrible environment. And somehow they have this moral compass that was never broken. Like they know the difference right and wrong that they're smart kids. I just never liked these middle class kids putting hip hop music and poster. They try to act bad because they're teenagers. Like, take it easy. You know, if you're a good kid, it's okay to be a good kid. I never understood that. Like, they talk about shit about their parents, but let me get straight. Your parents never touch you, never abused you, they have a good job. It's you called have, suburban white angst, Yoshi. You do you have insurance, <laughs> they're gonna pay for your college. Like, what is fucking wrong with you? Jesus <laughs> Christ. That's your biggest problem? Like your parents don't understand you? Yeah, they're not supposed to understand you because you're an ungrateful little prick. <laughs> God, what are babies, you know? Like I didn't grow up in that circumstance. Like, I'm not picking on them because they're not here, but you know, like, whenever I hear these Asian American guys complain about, you know, being an Asian guy is not that easy in America or something, like, I think even, even Eddie Wan and like David Cho talk about it was not easy to be an Asian guy because girls didn't like it. Like, fuck. 
I wish I had a parents who were married and I don't have to worry about healthcare and not getting beat up or living in a shitty neighborhood. Like, I could never afford to have that silly problem. And second of all, if you're an Asian guy and can't get girls, then you're fucking engineers. Like, re- reverse engineering. Like, figure <laughs> out what you're doing wrong and figure out we're, we're supposed to be smart, right? Well, the problem is a lot of times when that happens to people, yeah. they blame everyone else, right? So, a lot of, I hear a lot of Asian guys saying this, oh, all Asian, all girls want is money. They just want money. They just want money. And then they have money and then they can't get the girl. Instead of saying, hey, maybe I'm a bad lover. Hey, maybe I, you know, have a horrible personality. Maybe there's something about me that is preventing the girl from wanting to be with me instead of just, you know, girls just want money or girls just want guys with good looks or girls just want whatever. The, those guys will make up excuses for why girls don't want them instead of looking at themselves to say, hey, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, I mean, it's it just like that kind of stuff it was never an issue with me because I get prostitutes. And, uh, <laughs> it just, it just, I mean, to me, silly problem. I'm sure someone in Africa looking at my problem saying like, Jesus, I wish I had a problem be fat as a problem, you know? So, <laughs> whatever, but um, I, I'm very, I'm not really, uh, I don't feel like I need to be happy with that. I, I just want to be content. And to me, being content is, you know, like a nice balance of like doing least amount of things that you hate and trying to do things that you want to love, trying to kind of balance. We all have to work or figure out a way to get money. And or do medical research love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, it's funny, like I turn 46 next month. I know my body aches every once in a while, but I don't feel that old. I mean, I look old compared to like if I compare my picture from 20 years ago. But like, I don't think like an old person, you know. I think that's because you keep your mind fresh with all the travel and everything and all the new experiences. And I think that's really important. You know, they were saying that Alzheimer's is is caused or partially caused by not exercising your brain. A lot of people don't travel. A lot of people don't read. You know, you're doing all those things that are actually exercising your brain so that yeah. you don't feel old. By the way, uh, in three miles, you want to take 118 West. Yeah, and you know, people make jokes about if you're married that your stress level is higher but that just depends if you have a good marriage that's not the case and I think a lot of times when people are married they're happy it's because relationship works and whenever there's problem you have another person to rely on you know that's the disadvantage being single like yes you don't have stress and worry about another person but problem is when there's problem you don't really have anyone like you're by yourself staring up the space in this <laughs> empty scary lonely world like the that painting screen from the Norwegian artist. The one well, that was stolen? Yeah, multiple times. <laughs> um, wow, Yoshi, you know your art history. Monk, monk, or however you pronounce it. But yeah, it's... Like, could I complain? Yes. I don't do that. I know what keeps me alive is seeing my enemies destroyed. Because <laughs> people that I hate, I, I, you know, keep me... You know, you watch Game of Thrones, right? Yeah, I'm on season four, episode one. See, I'm glad I hooked you on the first getting DVD season. No, I love Arya because she's always listing like Cersei, Walter Gray, Mount. Spoiler alert if you haven't watched it. <laughs> All those people that she wants to kill, that's what keeps her alive. And I completely agree. Nothing keeps me alive like seeing people that I hate get destroyed. You're welcome, Christians. Um, <laughs> This is going to be a really weird podcast. We, we were just like babbling. That's fine. People will love it, Yoshi. Um, yeah, anyway, so I, I'm glad. You know, I've known you for so long. And you're such a rational person. I'm, I'm very happy. You're so rational. And like, also balanced. You're, you're, you're being very responsible financially. You're going to have a very... You, you do have a good life with Andrew, your husband. You're going to continue to have a good life. And uh, that's good. I just don't under... I, it just seems like a lot of people make poor decisions in their life, which is absolutely fine, but they don't learn from them. And that's something that really bothers me. I'm a... You know, I told... I just had um, a magician on my podcast. Right here? <laughs> yes, what I do was. And, um, you know, he said... And he, he was really good. And he said, you know, magicians are, are, are like engineers. We, fought, we see the trick and then we want to figure out how to do it. Right. And he said that's how he got into it. And, you know, when I was little, I always wanted to be a magician. And I, you did? 
Yeah, my dad bought us a magic set, and me and my sister did some of the tricks. I never knew this. Oh yeah, there is a there's a I can't remember the comedian, but there's a famous comedian. Oh, I can see his face, but I can, and he has a magic shop in New Orleans in the French Quarter. He's a pretty famous comedian from the from the late eighties, early nineties. For some reason, I'm blanking. Um, but he has a magic store there, and there used to be a, a, a shopping mall, a touristy shopping mall, and they had a magic shop there. Yeah. And they would have a magician doing tricks, and then you could buy the magic set. And so my dad, um, I guess a magician came to one of his office work parties, and he just became obsessed with magic. Actually, Your dad did? Yeah, he's actually coming out in August, and I'm going to take him to the magic castle. But um, And I'm really excited about it. But he, he became obsessed with magic, and he wanted, you know, you know, he hired a magician to come to my older sister's birthday, and he just loved it. And my dad was an engineer by trade, so I think he had that, that you know, desire to, like, figure out, like, how did they do it? And so, you know, me and my sisters did the ma a couple of tricks, and we learned how to do it. And then I, I never really took it seriously, but I always wanted to be a magician. And I think that that part of me still exists where I want to solve the problem. I don't like people going around, like the example I gave, those, those Asian guys saying, oh, I can't get a girl, I can't get a girl. It's like, if I couldn't get someone, I would want to know why. What is the reason, right? What am I doing Label wrong? I-5 North, 1.7 miles. Yeah, okay. it's, and... I like to solve the problem. And so that's why I'm so rational, because I see these people suffering. A lot of people, comics, actors, friends of mine yeah. from back home suffering. Yet, there's the I can see the answer for them to fix the problem. And they don't want to fix the problem, right? A lot of times, people don't want to fix the problem. And then you have to ask, why don't they want to fix the problem? And usually the answer is because they have some type of payoff they're getting for not wanting to fix the problem. Either emotional validation, or they feel justified, or they want to be right about some belief system in their mind, some stupid belief system that they were raised with, right? So that's why they don't want to solve the problem. So then when you realize that, then you can get rid of that crap and actually fix the problems in your life and be, have a better well, as life. Far as, I don't know why we got into this conversation, but as far as the um, Asian guys, I think being assertive is not something that is part of the culture, I don't think. Like, black guys are amazing. They're like, even if they don't have a chance with a girl, they're so aggressive and they're they're used to rejections and they're not afraid of a rejection. And nothing rejects black people like America. <laughs> well, but. it's just, it's a perception too because a lot of girls would be very happy with a nice, safe, nerdy Asian guy. Trust me. I know there's a stereotype that, you know, girls want bad guys or assholes or whatever. But a lot of girls I know, you know, they're looking for something stable. Which one? South? Uh, North. And they're looking for something stable and a guy with a nice job. But, that, but, but that's that's like a really, uh, um, a, not a goofy reason, but I don't think a guy wants to be no, want to be the guy dating a girl, whatever the race. She just want to be with you because you're safe. That's just that's kind of a little weird reason for me. Not, weird is not the right word, but um, a girl. But it's not a very sexy reason. Why. It isn't a very sexy reason, but a lot of women want a protector. I mean, not. Not necessarily someone who can beat someone Once again, up. Asian stereotype. We, we, uh, uh, you want to take the Mission Boulevard okay. and have them on. Um, they want someone who can take care of them. They feel taken right. care of. Yeah. But in general, evolutionary reason, women like taller guys because taller guys, the six are right here. Okay. Um, mission exam. Because um, taller guys have an easier time hunting because they're taller. They could see farther and... Whatever. Maybe you know, we should stop towards the end of the podcast so people don't know where you're staying. <laughs> oh, don't, don't do anything. Um, okay. I'm not going to say the name of the streets anymore, but... Okay. <laughs> wink, wink. So, um, anyway... Left, right? Uh, turn right. Okay. If you have a problem, like, find out what you need to do and solve but the, it. But a lot of people don't do that, Yoshi. And I've seen people, pretty smart people, who have these problems in their life and they... And they keep making the same mistakes. I'm sure you know someone like that. Yeah, me. <laughs> you want to turn turn right and quick left? Um, yeah. I don't know why. I mean... No, because you do get a payoff. Your payoff is you want that lifestyle. Like you said, you want to do the least amount of things that make you unhappy and the, and, and the most amount of things that want to make you happy. So that's your payoff for living the lifestyle that you do, right? But, uh, but te technically... If I if I'm considered to be a real responsible person, I would have had a job three years ago after I got fired. But I don't but know. having a job doesn't give you the lifestyle that you want. Yeah. So that's your payoff. So I'm saying that people have certain problems in their life, 
But you don't do that. You don't say, why, why, why do I have this problem? You know exactly the consequences of all of your actions, which yeah. I'm saying most people don't take responsibility for that. They sit around going, why is this happening to me? Or they believe in luck, which is a bunch of BS. Luck is just someone that, you know, or being unlucky is just someone who's not willing to take responsibility for their life. You turn, take, turn right the you take responsibility for all the bad and the good things. You know that you've made choices and you live with those choices. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm such an odd bird because... For most people, stuff like this does not apply to most people. You know what I mean? Like, like, how how is it even possible that I travel so much? Because um, the house is right no, inside. I know okay. Uh, maybe even park in front of this house for like a few minutes before we finish. Okay. Okay. Like my friends ask Yoshi, I've been working the last three years. I don't even have a chance to go to overseas. How do you do that? Okay, I'm an oddball because um, I have a friend Russell Peters. He's willing to buy me round trip ticket to Europe and stuff like that. Okay, here's the thing, though. You have wealthy and interesting friends, but you wouldn't have able been able to meet those those wealthy and interesting people if you weren't as open minded as you were and you didn't travel as much. And you because you met Russell in Montreal, correct? Yes, good memory. And and, and at the time he wasn't rich, but like I was. Um, sometimes people complain, "Well, you have it easy because you know they help you with this and that." But I always remind them that's true. But but many of these people weren't successful and weren't rich when you no, met but them. I, but when I met them, I was loyal to them and I helped them with stuff. So that's the part that people don't know. And like, years and years and years and years of friendship, right? Yeah. I was loyal to them, and whenever I could help them with stuff, I help them introduce them to people like that. But that's the part people don't. You know, remember in the Game of Thrones, Jaime Lannister. Um, Spoiler alert! <laughs> remember he, he he was in the hot tub with Brienne, and remember they remember they call him the Kingslayer. Yes, and he, he explains his situation. He, he killed Matt King, uh, and we're talking about Game of Thrones. Yeah, <laughs> the reason why I have a, well, the reason why he has such a big stigma because he's he was one of the seven King's Guard who are made an oath to protect the king. He ended up killing the Mad King. So even though he did the right thing. A lot of people have this negative image of him, not knowing what he went through. And remember, one one uh, season two, one uh, for those of you if you don't want, if you don't watch fucking uh, Game of Thrones, none of this makes sense. But remember, Stannis was almost going to win King's Landing. He he arrived with the navy, and they were ready to destroy. And Tyrion used that those oil, fire oil, to destroy the whole navy. Remember that? Yes. See, Wild, wildfire. Wildfire. Yeah. yeah. The reason why they had that because Matt King was ready to use that to destroy the whole fucking city, him included, kill everyone. Jamie Lannister had no choice but to kill him and betray his oath because to save thousands and hundreds and thousands. Of both people. his side and other side, because uh, his Targaryen, his daughter Daenerys, is immune to fire, but she's the only one. The Matt King thought he's just like her, like. Fire cannot possibly hurt him. That's not true. That's why he was burning people alive and shit like that. So not knowing the situation, Jamie had no choice but to kill him. So whenever people accuse me of something, they, it's, it's amazing to me. Like when people accuse me of something, they don't know the whole story or know the circumstance I'm in. Or some a couple of my friends are like, well, you have an easy life because well, you have all these rich friends. Like they weren't always rich, and and I've done all the stuff for them. That's the that's the part. But anyway, going back, uh, I'll, I'll let you go. I ask on podcasts. I'm homeless. I need a place to stay. My friend Randy, I've been living his place rent free, and you know, like stuff like that doesn't, doesn't happen. So I have it, a lot, I have a lot of bad luck, but also good luck too. So it's really confounding to me. But that's what I'm saying. But because you you also though take responsibility for your actions, right? So yeah. you know, you had um, a fan driving you across the country yeah right well this fan could have been crazy and tried to kill you like you're, you're inversely i could have been crazy and did something to this person exactly so it's it's just consequence in action but my issue is with people who go around saying why is this happening to me why is this happening to me and not taking responsibility for those actions as an example of the guys who complained about not being able to get women or whatever they're not willing to fix the problem and you know for me you're saying i was very rational well i'm the type of person i want to find out what is the reason yeah. for the problem and eliminate it as soon as possible why would i keep wanting to go on with problems in my life but what i've seen you know from doing the podcast being in comedy talking to others a lot of people they don't want to fix the problem and and they don't understand why and the reason why is because they have a subconscious payoff for it they're getting some value from it maybe they're getting attention because they're complaining about how horrible their life is yeah. and they like getting that attention there's different reasons but people don't realize those reasons 
I remember in college in the Russian studies, we had to read a book called Note of Under, Note from Underground, and uh, protagonist. I don't think they mentioned the name, but he would do all these weird things. Like he he relished that toothache. Most rational people would say having a toothache is not a fun thing. But people, some people are irrational. They find pleasure in the things that they should find pleasure, or they see beauty in the ugly things. You know, like people are a lot complicated too. You know, yes. Like if you if you film me twenty four seven. There's going to be things that you see me doing. Like, why would a rational person do that? You know, um, it's no accident that I ended up in porno business. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because there's a reason why. And um, I'm not that negative that I cannot change my life, but I, I, I balance. Like, you have to think about what you have done in the past because it does dictate what you do in the future. I think you. I don't. I don't think you need to change anything. I think you value what you have right now, and you have a lot more freedom than most people. Yeah, I have no money, so like I could say horrible things about people. I don't have to worry about libel and slander. <laughs> and but they can Collect- sue you for nothing. <laughs> no, I mean, and bill collector saying, if you do, so, if you don't pay, we're gonna add another ten percent. Like you could put all that different percentage because whatever percentage of zero is always gonna be zero. So, and a lot of people worry about their health issue and things like that. But I mean, I got to that point where I don't really worry too much. Like. I'll figure out. Like, this is how crazy it is. Oh, I'm Yoshi. I'll figure something. Like, thinking the third person. Like, <laughs> I have no money, but I always figure out money when I need the money that week. You do, Yoshi. You and whenever people out. threaten me, like, I just, like, as soon as you threaten me, I realize you're not serious. Because a real person that want to hurt me won't even give me a threat. They would just hit me, you yeah. know? So all this fucking drama theater of people is just ridiculous. But anyway, um... That's that's going to be probably around 51 minutes. That's good enough. This is going to be the shortest podcast I've done. But Rosie thinks... Sorry, Yoshi. <laughs> the number's going to be always better with you and you and Aiko. Like I said, white guys like Asian girls so much, even if they don't see you, just hearing it, <laughs> it's good enough for them, you know? Go, guys, follow me on Twitter at FunnyRosie and check out my podcast, Out of the Box Podcast, on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you have a tons of money and you want to invest on uh, Rosie studying a business and stuff, she's very smart. Like, you know what you're doing. <laughs> Thanks, Yoshi. <laughs> I'm like a mad king when I'm mad at people. Like, you start screaming, yelling, and I want them dead and shit like that. So, anyway, um, thanks for listening. And uh, thank you, Rosie. And you need any, you have any shows coming up anywhere? Uh, are you releasing this week? Um, within the next couple of days. Okay, yeah. Um, May, I think 9th it is, I'm doing a TV taping in Hollywood if you're around. Go to my Facebook at um, facebook.com slash funnyrosie and I have a link there where you can get tickets. What is it? Like stand-up? Yeah, the comedy store fry. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Check out Rosie and uh, I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.